So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Carissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, so another great episode. We are so excited to share with you guys because, you know, it is really all about the learning for us anyways, to share that knowledge, to spread that good information out into the marketplace, because God knows there's so much and it gets so confusing. And so my goal um, is to open up a safe space to really talk about what's good, what isn't good, what we should be looking for um, in the, in, in both aspects, clinical and business when it comes to medical aesthetics. So excited again to be sharing this time with you, Marissa. Welcome back. Hi there. And today we are talking training. We have so many points to share. Um, I, I don't even know where to start, Marissa. I'm going to let you start this time because <laughs> I'm just like overwhelmed. Right. No, there's a lot to navigate with trainings and there's a lot of questions about where do you go to find a course? What are some of the best courses? And like you said, in the past podcast, that there's trainings popping up everywhere and everyone's trying to become a trainer. Mm-hmm. And I get discouraged as a trainer myself and a still a student. I mean, still going to courses when I hear about someone going to a course that costs only able, they come back and they say, well, I was only able to inject on one patient. Oh my gosh. Or there's courses and shadowing opportunities that are $5,000. There's one course that I know about for a Instagram famous, uh, I think she's a physician. Don't even touch the, the needle. Don't, don't even touch the patient. It's all shadowing. It's all about the business side. And I know a few people that have gone to that course and they haven't really changed the way that they've done things. So I wanted to make this episode kind of just about what to ask when you're looking for a training course and some of the trainings that I've gone to that I thought were good or bad. And then maybe you can talk about Patty, what as a business owner, what you would see or want your nurses and your staff to what kind of courses you want them to go to. Yes. Yes. I definitely have lots of opinions about that because I, as the business owner um, of a spa and also a MSO agent for our doctors, um, our franchisees, I, um, gosh, there's just, it's crazy, crazy, crazy how misleading some of these can be. Um, But I'll let you kick off that. I do want to kind of interject one little point is that we're going into a season right now of, um, of, and I, I share this a lot with my nurses too, um, of just recession, crazy stuff. So the med spa business is going to get a little bit crazy in itself because you're going to have a lot of people that are very high priced that are basically going to need to fill up their time. Um, and what are they going to do? They're going to start training and you're going to see a lot of that coming down the pike. So I want to prelude with that. And then I'll get more into what to look for from a business perspective, um, financially too, and ways that you can really, really get most bang for your buck when it comes down to training from a financial side, but go ahead with, um, with definitely clinical knowledge, because that's one of the biggest makes me crazy. Well, let me start with how I got my training and the first job that I had, which we've talked about in the past, 
so the first spa that I worked at where Patty hired me, we mm. didn't really have any formal training and no. I, we were both learning. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were bo- both learning. And I, I remember being hired and they wanted me to shadow, I think the other nurse. And there was one day of training for that. Mm-hmm. So I'd go in, I would shadow the RN and it was back to back laser, 15 minute, 30 minute appointments. And they were mm-hmm. very busy. And I believe they wanted me to get on the floor pretty much the next day because they, I think it was a short, yeah, yeah, very short training and they didn't want to have to cancel. So I was eager. I was like, let's go. I'm ready. I want to get on the floor and I'm a pretty fast learner. So I, I got uh, the hang of it pretty quickly, but that was my experience. That first job, it was just, I kind of got thrown into it Mm -hmm. and there was no training for injectables. So I had to no formal training. So I had to go to a offsite training course. So I went to the national laser Institute in Scottsdale, Arizona. There's also one in, I believe Dallas, Texas. And with that one, it was a two day Botox filler course. I want to say it was around $2,000. I had to pay for my hotel and my flight. And I took a loan out because I didn't have the cash to pay for something like that. So that was actually a great experience. So they're still around. They're uh, still doing those two-day Botox filler courses. I believe they have a 10-day laser everything course. So Mm -hmm. I've heard different things about it. I've heard some people say that it wasn't a good experience. So we're going to go over some questions to ask when you're looking at different training courses. So I did that training course. Then I went back to the medical spa that I was working at and I did a little bit of Botox, not a whole lot of filler. And I remember asking the nurse practitioner who was working at the other location who uh, Patty knows, she was welcoming and wanted me and it was fine with me shadowing her. So I would go to the other locations and just shadow her. I would ask about it. I kept, I would text her and be like, can I come and see you on this day? Is this a good day to come? So I did that. And then uh, let me think. So then after that, once I left that medical spa, I was working at a dermatology office and that was a, let's see, five dermatologists, 50 employees, 13 treatment rooms. It was a huge practice and they invested a lot of money in the training and education for their staff members. And Mm -hmm. I learned so much there. I mean, it was just one training after the other, they would have in-services lined up. They would send us to conferences every year. They would pay for private trainers to come in on top of the trainers that come from the reps. So Galderma reps, and I'm sorry, not the reps, but the companies, Galderma, Allergan, MERS. So when you buy a product or when you have an account, you can get those trainers to come in that are free. It's paid for by the company and the company has a certain budget every quarter. So that's where I got most of my training. And then let's see the ones that I also paid out of pocket for. um, Once I left that practice, I go to conferences every year. So Patty and I went to AMSPA earlier this year. I went to ISPAN, which was another conference. So most of the training that I'm doing these days is our conferences, virtual and in-person. And I also did a one-day shadowing with Lori Robertson, injection expert in Brea, uh, California. And that was a good experience, just kind of seeing her operations. And that's where I'm hearing a lot of advanced injectors are kind of doing that now. They're going to shadow Mm -hmm. other injectors. They're not so much 
investing in those training courses, which are really kind of ideal for newer injectors. There's also cadaver courses. And that's another thing that is also <laughs> extremely expensive. Uh, I saw one for $6,000 for a one day cadaver course. I mean, it's just insane. Some of these prices. So yeah. So that's kind of been my history with it. Mm -hmm. And so questions to ask for training courses. So one of the first things you want to look for are how many models are you going to be training on? So ask mm -hmm. them, what does the schedule look like? How many models am I going to have the opportunity to inject on? And do I have any say, can I bring my own models? Do I have any say on the models that I'm actually going to be injecting on? Because I've heard of people going to courses that they're paying a lot of money for, and the models are just not candidates for the treatment. They're either, they've got too much laxity, they've got too many wrinkles, or they don't even have any movement at all when we're talking about Botox or neuromodulators. Or for filler, they really didn't need any cheeks. They didn't really need any of the treatments that I want to learn on. So if I wanted to learn on you know, marionette lines, maybe there were no patients or models lined up that needed marionette lines. So that's where... And I also want to kind of talk about, but I don't want to go off on a tangent, but why private trainings are really important and what you should look for. Also, if you're not finding what you want from a training course, if you have a space that you can bring in a private trainer, this is not for new injectors that haven't been hired anywhere yet. This is if you work in a space that you want to enhance your skills, instead of going to an offsite training course, you can bring it, bring in a private trainer such as myself and I go, I check off all of the models. I make sure that all of the models are candidates for it. We go over hyaluronidase. We have a patient come in that needs dissolving so we can practice the hyaluronidase and dissolving treatments. And you have a little bit more say on who's coming and who's um, gonna be your model for that training. So another one would be to, um, is there any support or follow-up afterwards? So most of these training courses, they will give you a certificate and then kind of send you on your way. There's other ones that have memberships. And I know you wanted to talk about that too, Patty, is memberships uh, for membership training. Membership training, yeah. I'll get into that. Um, I want to, I wanna, before I, I lose my thought though, I do want to touch on what you were saying earlier with the, the origins of your training. Um, one of the things that I feel we should have done back in the olden days when we first got started, Marissa, is that we should have done a qualifier of who's really got, you know, the, the eye for this training. Um, and that's something that you as a practitioner, um, or if doctor, you know, you're, you're training up a staff, you really have to know if the people, you know, or if you yourself have an eye for aesthetics. And what I mean by that is the, um, the whole, like it's, it's an art at the end of the day, we're not talking about skincare at this point, we're talking about injectables, um, skincare wise, everyone should get the training. I don't believe anyone should call themselves an aesthetic, anything. If you don't know good skincare, um, knowing how to do lasers and some injectables or knowing how to do only injectables is not cutting it. Um, perspective wise. Um, I just want to, again, from a business perspective, share, you know, you've got 80 million millennials right now about to go into their forties and fifties. Um, the first batch of the millennial population, which is the largest population on the planet right now. Um, first batch of the millennial population just turned 42 this year. So what's happening in the next, I mean, if you kind of look at how history has played out, 
10 years ago, all the millennials were watching YouTube videos on how to do eye makeup, you know, and how to, you know, do, you know, contouring and all the stuff. Well, all of a sudden now there's like Sephora's and Ulta's on every corner, right? So if that's true, what else is true? You know, millennials walk in, they're not walking like in my, my generation, I'm an Xer, So I'm like pre-millennial, I'm like two years before the millennials, you know, started coming, you know, into the population. But I, um, I remember the days of going to the clinique counter and that lady would tell you what you need. You know, that was like the goal is to have, you know, a consult with the clinique lady. And now, you know, all of us, we, we take our, our good information that we thank you internet, you know, gave us everything we need. And we go right, we march right into these Sephora's and these Ulta's. We know exactly, we don't even need to talk to anybody. We know exactly what we're looking for. We know exactly what it does. We know exactly how long we want to use it. And before we want to move on to the next, we have a whole protocol on how we're going to do our makeup and how we're going to do skincare is no different. So now that everyone's starting to get older um, and aging, I should say not older, just aging, um, everyone's very much getting on board. If you notice every celebrity out there has a new skincare line of some sort, it's because they, you know, understand the trends, obviously they lead trends. So, um, you're going to see in the next, I want to say five to 10 years, it's not only going to explode because makeup was one thing. And that's kind of like, Oh, I want to do my makeup and I'm going to look cute. That was like a, a want for, you know, folks that wanted to kind of up their game. Skincare is a need. Skincare is like, I cannot face the world in this way. I have to fix what's happening. And so it's going to become kind of like a fever, if you will, that, um, you know, people are going to start getting super, super knowledgeable on super, you know, just know really what they're looking for and drill you on as a practitioner and be like, they're going to walk in. Literally, I was telling my nurses this the other, the other day we were talking, I was like the days of them, like, I don't know, what do you think I need? And how do you think I should do it? And how often and all that, those days are going to soon be gone. They're going to walk in literally with a Santa Claus list of every product, every ingredient in the products, every single, you know, AHA, BHA, retinol, everything you can ever imagine, how often you use it, everything. They're already going to know this stuff. And so as a practitioner, you have to position yourself not only two steps ahead of that game, but also be able to meet the client on a, on many different levels. You have to meet them on a level of being able to talk money because money is everything. You know, if they can find a way to DIY it, they will. And you can't discourage that. You have to be able to coach them through that process. And then I promise you, as a business person, they will come back to you. You will be the one that they trust because you coach them through the process of doing some DIY and you also help them understand what to, what they can do to get the most bang for their buck in the chair. So that's a little context on how to be thinking um, along these lines of what to do for training. Now, flipping it to the other side of what Marissa is talking about with what to ask for from a business perspective, you do need to know, you know, if you have the eye for aesthetics, if you understand what it really, what it really means to, to understand anatomy and how everything works. I love the, um, the Titan, uh, recruiting Marissa, you introduced me to the Titan folks and hopefully we can get them on the show soon. Um, we had a chance, I had a chance to download a lot of their materials. They have virtual, um, and a lot more doctors and trainers are coming out with virtual cadaver courses and things that you can really, you can even get tested on their platform for very little money, um, get tested for your aesthetic eye and really see if you have, you know, that aesthetic guy, because there's nothing more frustrating. I can tell you from all the years of 
training up, you know, staff and nurses and estheticians and everything, nothing more frustrating than to get, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into this time, energy, and then realize that I am just not cut out for this. People, remember, we've had those folks that were literally like, mm, they're they're just not, they're, they're not going to do well in this space. Mm-hmm. Save yourself the time and energy and get some of these foundational pieces mm-hmm. in the works. And then you'll be able to have that more informed uh, knowledge on how to navigate this next chapter um, because it is a relationship business and you are marketing yourself. So if you don't have that solid foundation, then the client's going to feel that. And they're going to be like, well, I don't know if you really know, you know what you're talking about, or if you feel like, you know, what you're talking about. And that really bleeds into all of this other area of, um, of confidence and everything you're talking about, even when you're asking for new trainers and that information about how to qualify the training program that you're signing up for. Mm -hmm. So, um, I do have notes on the training program as well, but I did want to kind of prelude some of those origin, you know, beginner pieces first. Yeah. I wanted to ask, just quickly say too, you should hopefully be coming to a point in your career with your clientele where they're trusting everything that you have to say, not, not people that are jumping from clinic to clinic. Cause they, mm-hmm. probably, they're the ones that are probably coming in with the Santa Claus list, like you said, but most most of us want our patients to trust us and to say, you know, whatever you think or looking the part, because just like we have to look the part, we have to have decent looking skin. It's just, it's, it doesn't make sense yeah. for us to be giving them advice on something when we don't yeah, drink your own Kool-Aid girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just enough of it too. Not too much. When we're right. So that's also a big part of it too, is you want to make sure that you are showing them what, what your skin could look like with a little bit of Botox, a little bit of filler, good skincare, good laser, uh, consistency. So it's not so much about, um, I'm just telling you what to do because I've done the trainings, but this is what I do for myself and my skin. And this is why this is how long I've come, how far I've come with my skin. And this is everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also the other piece that I feel are just, it's just, it it is so incredibly lucrative to your pro your journey is to, you know, once you have a little bit of foundation on what you're looking for and how you want to qualify the trainings, you know, you just have to kind of put things in perspective. So as I said earlier, we are going into recession times. You're going to see a lot of people coming into this space being like, I have a training course. I have a training course. And it's because basically they don't have, you know, as much client activity as they normally would. And so does that mean that they have a heart for training? See, that's the biggest thing is like, we try all the time to encourage our nurses to evolve and build their career, you know, um, journey by becoming trainers where that's one of the ways that we do a lot of in-house training is that we very much encourage our nurses to, you know, not just keep the knowledge, but share the knowledge. And we obviously we pay accordingly for that. And we want them to have that kind of reward for that extra effort of, you know, sharing their good knowledge. Um, But also you notice along the way that, you know, you have people that are, you know, not that interested in actually helping others grow. So one of the questions that I would want to ask is like, how many, how many trainings have you done before now? And have you been actually trying to work on doing more trainings um, as your long-term career goal. I know it's a little bit kind of forward to ask that, but I can tell you it makes all the difference. One of the questions I asked Marissa when she expressed interest in training 
And I, I saw that, you know, she lit up, she was excited. She wanted to share her knowledge and she wanted to help others grow in that space. And that was encouraging for me. And I, so much that I encouraged her to even go, I'm like, go and start your own business at this. You need to really be, you know, putting it out there. Now she's doing online training courses and she's certified through these different technologies um, and working as a certified trainer for these technologies. And so that, you know, is someone that is looking to really, it, you know, the essence of life is growth. And if you're not growing, you're dying on this planet. And I don't make the rules. It's just how it is. So when you see people that are actually growth minded and helping to spread that good, you know, solid foundational knowledge, not just doing it for a quick buck, um, you really do need to be paying attention to those folks because that's how you're really going to truly have sound knowledge about what does it look like for me to, you know, continue to, to evolve and grow in this space and not feel like I just took a class. I just spent a lot of money. They really don't care if I survive or, and, and have success or not. Um, you know, Marissa actually stays on with our teams, um, both here and in Houston, um, in LA and Houston as an advisor. So when our nurses get in the weeds, which is inevitable, you're going to get in the weeds and you're going to find yourself in those situations where someone's like, you botched me, you botched me. Do not think that for one second, that how, no matter how much about, you know, expertise and knowledge you have, you will have that one or two crazy clients that are just going to, you know, really rock your world. And that's okay. It's not that they're crazy. It's just that they may have unrealistic expectations or they may truly be right. You may have botched them and you need to have that support. So ask your trainers, you know, what do you do in the long-term sense? What do you do to support? Um, if I get in trouble, if I need you, um, and someone will be like, oh, well, we have online workshops and you can, you know, um, you can call in or to the Facebook group or, and that's fine. And that's great, but that's not going to help you when you're at a, operating an anxiety level of a 10 and you're like, this client is writing me and I don't know what to do. And the doctors, you know, bless their hearts, they do what they can, but a lot of times doctors are not available. Mm-hmm. And so you're waiting and you're waiting and you're like, what do I do? Or if you have worse, someone gets occluded mm-hmm. and you really don't understand the whole process of, you know, dissolving filler or medicating the client or keeping the client safe. I so my- Marissa, you, you have a lot on two weeks ago. You went what? I had my first occlusion two weeks ago. Oh, wow. How'd that go? Yeah, it was actually, so it was a Venus occlusion and it was on my practice manager and it happened after I injected her marionette lines and mm-hmm. I was massaging and I have the whole thing recorded on camera. So I was able to kind of go back to see the timeline of things. And mm-hmm. as I'm massaging, her lower lip goes completely purple. Mm-hmm. So we we injected, I think five, so her capillary refill time was slow, meaning that her, her circulation was affected. She didn't really have any pain, but I think it was compressing on a vein. Mm-hmm. And I think 10 vials later, we did five vials that evening. Of course, it was like really late in the day. It was like 7, 8 p.m. And then the next day she came back in and we did another five vials. Actually, my colleague, Trisha helped me because I was um, headed to Palm Desert for an event with Luminous. Of course, it had to happen right before Mm -hmm. I left out of town. Uh, But she, her capillary refill was back to under three seconds and that the discoloration came right back. So that was definitely something that I needed a little uh, guidance with uh, just to get a second opinion. I knew exactly what was happening. I didn't yeah. realize it was Venus until later because arterial 
and Venus are a little bit different. Arterial is usually white and it blanches. Venus is going to be a little bit more blue, purple. So I reached out to Julie Kaplan, who is um, a mentor of mine. I'm part of her Patreon. And I also got a hold of um, one, our doctor, but also Trisha, who's my colleague, who um, she's had occlusions in the past too. So just a little bit of guidance. So you have to have, if you're a solo injector or you don't have the support, you really need those support systems. Go-to people. Absolutely. Or if your doctor is, you know, there's a lot of med spas popping up right now and that's a big cautionary piece. I write this in my book um, that will be coming out this year, um, this coming year, Med Spa Mentor. It's all about like choosing who you're going to work with as your doctor too, because there's a lot of doctors out there that are with good, you know, good intentions. They, you know, it's med spa is a, a, a cute model. It's a sweetheart model. You know, it's got a lot of good benefits to it. Don't have to be on the floor every day. Great passive income. You know, it's, it's very just encouraging for someone that has a medical license, but there's a lot of doctors that are just getting in the space just for the money. And they really have no background or have not even taken a class. You know, all of our doctors are super, um, they've either taken classes or they're plastic surgeons and they just really know their stuff. And so you really have to ask those questions too, and say, you know, where, where are you in your journey as a a med spa, you know, owner, and Mm -hmm. I'm coming to work for you, but am I on my own? Am I figuring it out? Do you have an NP I can call or someone that is on retainer with you that I can call if I get into trouble? Or am I just asking you if I get into trouble? And if the answer is that you're just asking me, that's a red flag because I promise you, you're going to find yourself, you know, in a ton of liability. And here's what happens the way it plays out a lot of times is if you botch somebody and you do the, the, the error or whatnot, and it's considered in any way negligent, which you will never know until it gets down to those types of conversations, you know, how an insurance company looks at it, the doctor's insurance, the doctor's liability, all of that. I know it falls back on the doctor, but they could very well say, no, they could very well say this nurse was negligent. And then it's on you. Yeah, and so, yeah, we'll it's, you you've been bus. in those situations too, Marissa, right? Yeah. They'll throw you under the bus. They'll say that I, you know, we, I, was um, not following protocol. So yeah, we've, yeah. we've talked about that in a previous. Um... Yeah. So it's, it's tough to navigate. And I know it's, it's exciting when someone is like looking to hire you, look at you, you see the ad on indeed. And you're like, they're opening a med spa. They're giving me an opportunity. I've tried so hard to get in. And this is the the time that, you know, I'm, I'm going to really make a difference, you know, in my, in my career. And so it is exciting. And I don't want you to lose that excitement. But I also want you to navigate it with really good eyes wide open, because if it's really all about, you know, the monetary goal and not how am I supposed to grow? That's a good question to ask. How am I supposed to grow within this organization? And when I'm looking for trainings, you know, are you going to help fund those trainings? Do we, um, do we pay for it out of pocket and then you reimburse us? Do we just pay for it out of pocket? We have a program within our organization where we will um, sponsor all the trainings for this initial round. But then when we do advanced stuff, the nurses start paying out of pocket, but we do lay that foundational training in place. And then we ask for a minimum timeline of commitment time-wise so that, you know, it's return on investment for the spas, but it's worth it in the long term because if you have a, a spa that's willing to do that, or you have a doctor, you can have those conversations too with your doctor and say, look, I'm willing to, um, do all these trainings, you know, add this to the practice. 
Um, how do we, how do we make sure that, you know, it's a win-win for both of us? You can ask those questions too. say, would you, would you mind sponsoring it initially? And then I commit to a certain timeline of working with you. Or if you don't want to be tied to that clinic for long-term, that's okay too. And I, I offer that to our practitioners too. I'm like, you're not married to us for life. If you feel like you have another opportunity out there and you want to peace out, close out your training contract, close out your minimum requirement, pay your trainers, you know, the balance of whatever you owe and God bless. We'll love you from afar. And that's okay too. Can you talk about Patty your, cause I get a lot of questions about contracts and positions where the business is having them sign a contract. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of clinicians that have never heard of that Mm -hmm. in medicine. So absolutely being a business owner and the financial side of it, because that is more commonplace now in the med spa industry. Yeah. So I think we had, we talked to Sonia about this from lab at one point and she, she really set my, you know, heart just to flutter because she was just like, no, 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 I am not going to put all this time and money into, you know, a a new practitioner. And then they're just going to, you know, take it with them. And, you know, I don't get to pull that out of their little heads or stuff. Like it was just cracking me up how she put it together. Um, But um, yeah, absolutely. It's a new practice. It's very much that's being, you know, I think people are just tired of the bounce around, you know, it's known that, you know, this industry, you guys are in high demand. If you're a nurse, you're in high demand, especially during COVID. A lot of you guys were getting $10,000 contracts during COVID a week. And so how do you compete with that as a med spa owner? We lost, I think, four or five nurses during that time um, that went right back to hospitals because it was just too lucrative. Mm -hmm. And so all the time and money spent putting all that good knowledge together, organizing everything. Usually it to onboard a new nurse, it takes approximately five to $10,000. And you realize that it's not just in the classes. It's also in the support, the ongoing support, the product and the liability, because you have to actually absorb all that liability. Um, when a nurse is learning right now, I've got, uh, two nurses that are learning and they want to start doing, you know, promos and specials. Well, that costs money um, so that they can get people in the chair and, you know, get people, you know, excited about working with them, understandably, but there is a lot of costs involved to that. And so when you're talking about that kind of cost commitment, yes. Um, in fact, if you don't have a contract from a practitioner, um, then it should be kind of a red flag in my opinion, because that means they're not that knowledgeable on what it looks like to train up and support new nurses. It means they're kind of green. By the time they've been a practitioner for a while, an organization that's, you know, used to doing this, they will, this light bulb will have come on and they would have been like, okay, we know the routine. We get you trained up. We ask for, excuse me, a minimum amount of time um, of commitment. We ask for a couple years, three years max um, of just working through us. We even have a full on timeline, um, of everything you can expect all along the way, how much money you can expect every single phase. Um, it's like a tiered level of training and what you can expect as far as time commitment, all of it. Um, and then that way you're, you know, you're dealing with an outfit that is like super good and has this stuff dialed in. You're not just going to be promised training. And then they just kind of wait and see what comes along, what, you know, allergen training comes up. If someone chooses to pick us as a clinic to participate, then maybe you get to be in that. Um, It's very, very kind of, you know, reactionary. No, it has to be very proactive. It has to be like, this is your timeline. This is what you can expect for the next, from the next couple of years with us. 
these are the metrics that you can expect to, you know, make monetarily. And if you don't, and there should be an out, there should always be an out because if there's not, then what ends up happening is you find yourself in a place where you're trapped. And I'm a big believer is like nobody in my organization I ever want to feel trapped trapped people make bad decisions they don't they're not loving all over your clients and they're feeling like they just don't really like it like mm-hmm. to go to work so we always offer an out it's like if it's not for you if for whatever reason you feel like you you got to do something different if there's another we've had nurses go to work for plastic surgeons I mean like this was great I learned a lot thank you but I want to go take you know um, take advantage of what this plastic surgeon is going to teach me and we're all like no problem we support you hundred percent. We know that, you know, there is more to what is, you know, we're not reconstructing noses and building new faces at the med spa. There's more to this business. There's more to this, this career. And so go ahead and cash out your contract. Um, we prorate what you've worked and then you can pay the difference that goes to your, your, that basically goes to a training fund that we maintain and you're off and running. And here's the best part of that kind of relationship we will call you when we need trainings. We will call you, we will endorse you when you want to use us as like, this is where I, I cut my teeth. I was able to really get really good foundational knowledge. You can use not only us, but our trainer's credentials. You can go back to all of these resources that you initially worked hard to get versus, you know, not having that, having to, you know, divorce yourself from a clinic, hoping they're not going to be mad at you. And all, I mean, there's so much drama comes from not having a contract in place that, you know, the way that you have it set up at loose, I love that they have the opportunity to learn other treatments. I actually got contacted by a nurse who's out here in the Valley and she's working for a chain laser clinic, got hired for laser hair removal. They did touch on her interview that she will have the opportunity to learn other treatments, but now she's stuck. They Mm -hmm. said, we're not doing trainings right now. There's injectable nurses that are there that she has. She went to a lot of really good training programs, but there's no opportunity for her to learn and to use her injectable skills there. Right. So she reached out to me for advice and I said, well, I would continue to bother them. Yes. <laughs> you need to ask them for an opportunity to learn. Don't be shy. You have to speak up, you know, close mouths, don't get fed. So you have to continue to ask for opportunities to learn other treatments, but that's something that should have been kind of either on paper or Mm -hmm. clearly understood when she took that position. Absolutely. And, and you will get, and here's the thing as on a business level, we have, you know, we're always looking at the bottom line. And so if it makes sense to keep a practitioner doing laser all day, instead of evolving their careers, you know, a lot of business people are going to think that way. Your managers are going to think that way and be like, why would I, you know, encourage her to go learn and do injectables when we need a laser nurse and we need to have, you know, pumping out laser all day because it's profitable. But here's the reality of it. It's like, you're going to get really tired of doing that. And that's why we're always recruiting. In fact, we have our, our whole model is to be recruiting every six to eight months because um, we realize nobody wants to be stuck in the laser, you know, modality all day long. They want to be able to, and we're, so we're constantly telling our nurses, you know, what are you learning next? What are we training you on next? How are we getting you up to, up to the you know, next level? Because you're not, you're not growing and building if you're, um, if you're stuck doing one modality. And again, it's very profitable for a clinic to just have you doing that one modality and not have you didn't. And again, 
you, you really have to re- review that and with your be be brave enough to have those conversations. I promise you, if even if they fire you, it'll be fine because you'll find there's there's a lot of demand in this space. Right. And the fact that they will have that on their experience and on their resume will put them ahead of other candidates. Mm-hmm. If, if you're let go from a job, then you shouldn't have any trouble finding a new position. Right. And I mean, it's it, this, I always say too, it's like this business is very clicky. And so, yeah, you just want to make sure that, you know, if you're, if you're navigating with true sincerity, we actually had a nurse recently in one of our other offices who did a ton of, um, training and then sent us a letter saying, you know, this isn't for me, you know, this is my formal resignation. I don't expect to pay anything, um, for my training, but thanks. And so we were just like, "Mm, no, that's not how it works. You know, you do have to compensate your trainers. You have to, you know, be honored, you know, honor your commitment to those trainers. And so now we have, you know, a more formal communication with them via the lawyer to, you know, make sure that she honors. And she was dead set. She was not going to pay. It was like, not going to happen. And so it's like, okay, that's fine. But what kind of reputation are you setting yourself up for? Because it's not us, the the employer that really cares what you do next. It's your colleagues, your colleagues are watching you. And I promise you, it's such a tight knit community. You will run across your colleagues and people that you've worked with and people that know your ethics too. Um, later on in life, you'll be at a conference or you'll, you'll have to, you know, you'll be at a cocktail hour or something. All of a sudden you'll be like, Oh, I know this person. I knew her from this place. Oh, I hope she doesn't remember that about me. You or know, laser, so or a laser dinner, huh? Or a laser dinner. Yeah. Right. A laser dinner. But oh boy. Nurse, that was a fun one. Did this nurse sign a contract? Do what? Yeah. She signed a contract and it was all like very, very clear, very black and white, um, super transparent on that. But Um, yeah. And so those, that's the other side of it is like, if there's not black and white communications, it's very easy for these things to get super, super skewed. And then, you know, you want to have that clarity from day one, and then you can stand by that contract and you can say, no, I signed up to learn this, this, and this within these timelines that you, you shared with me, you're going to, um, offer. And I expect to learn that. And I, and I also commit to paying back the fees that, you know, if I can't fulfill that contract, I will pay back the fees to learn this stuff because I realize that there's value and there's knowledge here that I can carry for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's a, it's a partnership in the end. And so look for those partnership type of conversations as well, while you're going through qualifying your trainings and how you're going to go about, navigating, you know, the expense you can get, you know, bang. This is how you really get your return on investment. We actually encourage all of our people to become trainers um, for one simple reason. You're going to make a lot more money, but you're also going to be really fulfilled in the sense that you are helping others grow in this space. And then you then have more of a collegial team of people that you can work with. And so the way you really get most, the most bang for your buck when you're doing these trainings and you're, you're qualifying these trainings for yourself is to have the mindset that you're going to then make money, not just on treating clients, but also training up other practitioners in this space. The training fees alone that you can make are two, three, sometimes four times what you can make as a practitioner doing the treatments. And many, many states um, now recognize as long as you've been, you know, had X amount of um, treatments and people in your chair, you can then become a trainer and you can be known for that. And there's even organizations like your, um, what is it, the CANS certification that you have, Marissa? Yeah. How does that that work? 
as far as how to get certified or yeah. So with the ISPAN, it's the can it's a certified aesthetic nurse specialist, or they have one for plastic surgery nurses, certified plastic surgery nurse. Mm -hmm. And you have to be a registered nurse or a nurse practitioner. So no PAs, uh, no um, estheticians. Mm -hmm. You have to work under a plastic surgeon, a dermatologist, an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And I believe there's one, there's a fourth one, but I'm forgetting it, which actually they, they changed the committee, changed the requirements. So you can have a nurse practitioner endorse you. Mm -hmm. That's already can certified. If you are a nurse practitioner, that's solo. So yeah. on the, in those independent states, you can get your certification. You just have to have a minimum of two years requirement. And we talked about earlier in this episode, you need to know the skin too. You can't just know injectables. If you're trying mm -hmm. to get your CAN certification and you're only an injectable nurse, you're probably not going to pass that exam because yeah. there's questions on lasers, sclerotherapy, chemical peels, skincare. So the mm -hmm. more, and I, nurses reach out to me all the time because I have a YouTube video up on how to get your CAN certification. They'll ask me, um, you know, what, um, what are the requirements? And I just say, well, if you only do that, you're going to struggle with the exam. Yeah. So the more treatments, you know, the better you're going to be. And you're going to struggle with your clients. Cause like I said, they're going to come in with their Santa Claus list of everything they want. And they're, they're like everything they're wanting to get out of this time with you. And it's, um, it's going to really make a difference on whether or not you truly do understand the, the, the skin and how it, how it ages, all these things. And then, um, so like I said, the, the, the biggest piece you know, in my, in my opinion, for someone to get the most bang out of that time of training and really understanding is to, you know, be thinking on how am I going to take my training and really make, you know, the most return on investment with it. Um, but it all starts with that conversation and what Marissa started, you know, sharing earlier is how you really set that expectation up with yourself, how you plan to navigate these, um, all these different trainings and they're about to just flood the market because again, we're going into a, a slower, you know, ec economic times. And when people aren't getting in the chair, you know, practitioners are going to have a training of some sort, ask those questions, find out, you know, what the long-term game is and really get clarity on what it looks like. Um, we're doing with our spas, we're doing a membership program where it's not going to be a, a full on, um, like you come in for a full day kind of training. It's just regular little um, nuggets of training, like on a Sunday where we have a trainer on the floor and you come in, you pop in for a couple hours. You may do like a microneedle class. You may do a little bit of Botox. You may do, and they're really cost-effective. They're like maybe going to be a couple hundred dollars at the most. And you just are ongoing with your training, but they're done in bite-sized pieces so that you're not having to commit to like a full day or two days or whatever of work. Um, and you can work it in, you know, on a weekend when you just want to refresh your knowledge. And so, yeah, you're going to see a lot more of these types of programs as well. So look for those because those are the way, I mean, I am, I'm a big fan of low and slow versus big shot in the arm. Now you're, uh, now you're an injector, you know, it's like, no, <laughs> yeah. low and slow. start with the skin, start with yeah. some needles, start with some laser and then get into the, the heavy stuff. Right. Right. Well, that's going to wrap guys. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. We are all about your Q and A's and want to be able to support you. So please reach out to us via our social channels. Marissa, what's your handle on Instagram? At nursemarissa.com, Marissa with one S underscore after each name. So I do offer in-house one-to-one -one private trainings for mm -hmm. everyone 
injectables, everything laser. So go to my website, nursemarissa.com and under private trainings, all the information. I also have an online microneedling course that's available virtually, which includes all of the consents and all the forms that you need, including support afterwards. So make sure to check. Really it out. good course. Yeah. Definitely recommend anything you can get from you know, Marissa is really just all about share the knowledge and she's constantly fueling her social channels with so much background. So definitely do be looking, you know, follow her on Instagram, but also, you know, definitely check out her website on a regular basis because there's always good information there. Um, for us, you can always reach out to us to ask us questions. We're franchisors. We specialize more in the um, the business side of things as franchises, but we do a ton of clinical trainings with folks like Marissa to really build and grow our folks into future trainers, future, you know, leaders in this space with really good sound informational knowledge. So we're at looselounge.com, L-U-Z lounge.com. And you can always reach out to us there. Thank you guys. And we will catch up with you next time. Yeah.